Welcome to Brain Wellness, the podcast. I'm your host, Mandy MP. Each episode will bring you a new topic or interview related to brain health and wellness as part of my mission to help you on the path to a healthier, happier brain. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Brain Wellness, the podcast. My guest today is a good friend of mine, Susan Rosendahl. Susan has been a registered nurse for 14 years. She's been unable to work in her current role as director of nursing due to a TBI resulting from a T-bone accident back on July 5th of 2023. Susan is married and has three children and resides in Houston, Minnesota. Challenging would not be the right word to describe her recovery, and she would not be where she is without an amazing care team and supportive family and friends, including yours truly on the show here. So um, <laughs> thanks for joining me, Susan. We have been commiserating yes. on all of this stuff for um, a while now. Um, <laughs> yes. So we worked yes. together down in La Crosse uh, years ago. And who knew that we'd be even better friends now that we both have been through a TBI. I know. And honestly, it's been a godsend. It's. I meant what I said when I told you that, because there's been times we have definitely bonded over like, gee, I just had to leave this gathering or I made it through 10 minutes of my kid's party, you know, just, it's been good just to have that, that person that, you know, isn't, not that people are sick of you, but that gets it, that like mm-hmm. truly, truly gets it. And, mm-hmm. and you feel that and it's, it, it just has been tremendous for me. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you as well, because it's, it's been the uh, same. It's been nice to have somebody to, to bounce, uh, bounce yeah. things off of. Cause uh, one thing that I learned in all of this is that if, if people haven't been in these shoes, they don't quite understand it. And it's not something that you can easily put into words. Um, and I think we've talked about this before that it's hard to describe being in this role um, having been a provider as long as I was and taking care of patients with, with TBI, I didn't, I didn't get it like I do now. Oh, for sure. And I mean, when I met you, Mandy in lacrosse, I think at that time I was in ICU. So mm-hmm. old hospital ICU gun person, <laughs> like not brand new, nice hospital, like old floors, old yeah. hospital, second floor. That old ICU. <laughs> And I, I was a trauma nurse. I took care of, you know, strokes and all of the above. And I was a trauma nurse, cold nurse. Like I'd seen and thought I understood people that were in car accidents or had head injuries. I really thought I really did, you know, when they say, oh, keep the lights down and, you know, make sure everything's quiet. Like, I always knew that's what I was taught. That's what you do. But, oh, I know. Keep the lights <laughs> down. Keep it quiet. I get it. Like, I really get it now. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's different. It's a whole different level of learning. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I think we talked about this too, but when, even when I was first having my symptoms, I didn't recognize them as concussion mm-hmm. TBI right away. Cause I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm fine. I just, we had a hard, hard car accident. I will be just fine. I don't actually have any problems, but as it was one appointment after another, identifying all the things that were actually wrong, because I couldn't explain it. Mm-hmm. It took the, the specialists 
that weren't me <laughs> in these shoes to tell me what was wrong with me because and I even then even... it was still like are you sure like is this yeah. really is this going to be my new baseline because I'm not okay with this I think we've talked about that where yep. people say this might be your new baseline I think I think we've you we might have even you might have even told me that that no it was something about a bad day or no I'm scared I don't even remember. new baseline yeah new baseline yeah and you said something about with you're not, I don't know how you not said okay it, Manny. It. Something yes, like that, yeah. Yeah. I and think I've I was said like, this a couple, you know what? couple times now. I'm like, I don't want this to be my new baseline because I, I don't, I'm not comfortable I loved it. with where I am right now. Cause it's, it's, I loved it. After being a health coach for so long, I, I always told people don't compare yourself to others, compare yourself to what you used to be. And that's what I'm doing now is comparing myself to what I used to be. And yeah. I, the problem isn't comparing myself to pre-accident. So that's where I miss some of those improvements because what I need to do right now, what both of us need to do is compare ourselves mm-hmm. to the day of, or the day after the accident, when things started to unravel, it is really, fun. we're so much better than we were at that point. Mm-hmm. And that's well, what, and like that's what our, I'm still struggling with. <laughs> it is every time I go, well, I've been going weekly for 14 weeks of therapy. I started, that's when I finally got those important referrals that I needed to get better mm-hmm. because it, honestly, they, you know, they said, well, maybe it's medication. Cause you're on pain medication. You got in a car accident. Of course you're altered. You've been taking oxycodone. You now you're taking too much Tylenol and ibuprofen. Maybe it's maybe it's depression, maybe it's anxiety, maybe you're not coping well, you know, I did have PTSD, maybe it's that, right? Well, then I went back to work for two half days. The first half day I went back, I was like, completely overwhelmed. And I thought, you'll get this. This is this is just you've been gone for four weeks, you'll get back in this seat and everything will come together. You're just completely overwhelmed. So I went home. I slept from noon until the next day. Didn't wake up for dinner, lunch, nothing. I was done. So the next day, of course, I'm like, all right, that was a really long day. Let's see how this one goes. And I sat at the desk and tried to read like admission notes about why somebody was coming things I read every day. Mm -hmm. And then I tried to put them in the computer, just things that I would know how to do. I even remember asking like our social worker, like, cause I, my job was to put the insurance in. And she said, I said, well, what's their insurance? And she goes, well, you know, they're a skilled stay, they're Medicare. And I was like, oh yeah, yep, yep, I know. And then I went back to the desk and started trying to put in like, ICD-10 codes and diagnosis codes and medications. And I was like, there's something completely not right with this, this situation. I did not know what COPD stood for. Hmm. I've been a nurse for 14 years. And then I got scared. And I mean, scared, like I closed my door and I just sat there and I cried and I knew I was in trouble. And I called my boss and I said, I, there's something, I am not right. Something is not right. And she said, well, you know, you're coming back. You've been through so much. And I said, no, there's something not right. Like I do not feel safe in as a nurse 
right now, like not safe. And so then you get referrals for vision therapy and vestibular therapy and cognitive therapy. And it's like, okay, one has to wonder like, had this been caught earlier? Could it have been caught earlier? I don't know. I don't think so. I think it's just taken that long. I'm on my second medical leave. I had took my first, I could have lost my job, but it just so happened that the FMLA restarted in October. So I was off from July to October 1st and then had to take another one because it goes from October to October. So I just finished my last day of my medical leave on the 26th. And then I just did retested all my neuropsych testing. So we'll see if they let me go back part-time, which is what they're now thinking I can do. I see the neurologist today, but I'm not also going to jeopardize my recovery and go backwards. You know what I mean? Yeah. There is, there is good coming, but it, man, it has been, like I said, it's been a long road. Yes. Long road. Yeah. So let's back up a bit. What I always like to find out the why behind why people do what they do. And I think um, I've had to remind myself that a bit too, in hopes of trying to help me get back to where I want to be. Why, what got you into being a nurse? I've just always been a caregiver at heart. I mean, I had the baby dolls and I always, you know, I just always have been a caregiver. I originally started in physical therapy at UWL and I remember just hating it. (laughs) And then I took kind of the back roads path of having a child before all of that, you know, and then, you know, once you have a baby and you're in the hospital and you see the nice nurses and they do a good job and things like that, then, you know, I got, well, maybe I wanted to be a nurse and nursing is pretty big in my family. My aunt is a nurse. My aunt's sister is a nurse, you know, like everybody. So Mm -hmm. no, and I love it. It's something that it fills my soul. And I think the, since July, like I've really had to work hard to get out of bed some days because yes, you have your children and I, you know, I wake up every day for them, but at the same time, it's like, you have this like ingrained identity as a nurse. Mm -hmm. And somebody once told me that, I think I said something about, oh, you're a retired nurse. And she goes, you're never retired. Once you're a nurse, you're always a nurse. And I was like, pretty good. That's probably how I'll be too then, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's one thing that that um, I have struggled with. Because I always said that being a nurse or nurse practitioner was part of who I was. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I haven't been able to do it now for eight months that I realized how big of a part of me that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it a like loss makes of part, up of, your a identity. part of you. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's like the deepest, I think you said it in one of your other podcasts and it really connected with me. It's like the deepest sadness. It's a grief. Mm-hmm. It's not. Yeah. I've, I've had depression and anxiety since my 14 year old was born. Cause I had postpartum and I've struggled with anxiety, depression on meds for forever. And I just kind of, that's how it'll probably always be. But this, this is like a smack you on the side of the face, kind of like, this is nothing I've ever experienced 
unless you're talking to someone dying. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, only it's this a, time it's, it's like you're beast. losing yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different beast altogether. And yeah. um, one thing I do remember is that it's, it doesn't, so like a lot of times we can say postpartum depression is related to your hormones after, after you have the baby. Right. Uh, I had a lot of, uh, gosh, I'm drawing a blank on the word again. It's not situational depression, um, but difficulties with like change. And that's when I oh. would have like little yeah. episodes of depression, like symptoms for four to six mm-hmm. months or whatever with big, big, major life changes. And even with those, I never had this kind of degree of sadness and just, it it is a grief because you're grieving the loss of who you were and it is a different beast completely. And just yeah. the changes that happen in the brain, when you have a traumatic brain injury, that's enough to cause it. So even without any physical issues, even without any symptoms at all, if we were perfectly normal back to our, our normal functioning self, we could still have this depression because of the changes in the brain. Yeah. And that's what just gets me with this is that it's just so different than everything else. It is. And um, there's no medication that you can just take to be like, Hey, I'm going to wake up and I'm not going to have a headache today. You know, yeah. just there's so many things. And then for me, you know, the individual that hit me is not taking accountability as she should for this accident. So whenever I hit a bump or, or I'm like, Oh, I used to be able to do this. And now I am here trying to do this. Like I have, I'm a huge fan of friends, mm-hmm. huge. Well, when um, Matthew Perry died, I think I lost a piece of my soul in that moment. <laughs> but anyway, he wrote a memoir and I have been trying to listen on Audible, his memoir since Joe, well, when he died, October, mm-hmm. since October. And I can get through, I've gotten through chapter one, probably 50 times. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's going to be really good when I can sit there and listen to it. But that's one of those things. Like I used to really enjoy listening to books on tape. I used to, I actually like to read too, if you believe that or not, <laughs> but um, just so many things that you, now I'm so thankful I can start going back to the gym and try to try to bring in those pieces that I know help build me up, but I get dizzy. And then I'm like, when I'm used to get dizzy doing this, I guess this, you know, and then you get angry. Mm -hmm. So it is that grief. It's the anger. It's Mm -hmm. the acceptance. It's all of those things, everything. Yep. But just like the rest of our our lives with TBI, it doesn't go in the order of the stages of grief. (laughs) And I've, I've, I feel like I've lost or I'm, I don't know, like some friends that I used to, you know, think maybe were better friends than they were, you know, you kind of, I've, I've kind of been doing some discovering, you know, and, and some of that too, especially when you can't do a whole lot of social things or you don't want a whole lot of social things. And, you know, last week when I was at the doctor, And she said to me, this is not one of those things where you're going to push it and fake it till you make it like pushing is not what you need to do. But what do you hear from people? Right. You got to push through. You got to push through. And it's like such a contradictory message. Like your doctors, your providing team is telling you don't push through. 
Yeah. And then everybody's telling you, you got to push. Yeah. Who's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because yeah. then, then you feel a sense of like guilt. Like, yeah. should I be pushing through? Like, yeah. should I push through more? But then you're just jeopardizing everything that you're working towards. And a lot of people don't get that. Yep. A lot of people don't get that it's not beneficial to push through. So I used to learn it all the time with everything that I did. Um, I, uh, I, I have several signs around my house that say that I'm Wonder Woman because I just always do all the things. Um, And when I think back, I've, I've always, I've always had just a ton of stuff going on at all times. And if I had, uh, I used to get migraines. I don't get them as much anymore, thankfully, because I've learned how to to treat them and deal with it. And um, I, when I would have them, I literally would go to work with a migraine. And there was one day that I got done seeing my patients when I was like Gunderson, actually, I got done seeing my patients and I went to one of my colleagues and I'm like, Hey, can you guys treat me? Because this migraine will not go away. And I literally went into a room and got an IV put in while I was there in clinic because I just got done taking care of people. So I've always pushed through. Yeah not yep. realizing that it wasn't beneficial and, but exactly the same thing. All of, all of my providers have been saying there's a fine line. You, yes. You can push yourself a little bit to find those limits, right. but, exactly. but don't try to just muscle through it because it it will actually delay your recovery. And everybody keeps telling me that, Oh, you're so strong. You always make it through everything. Just keep pushing. And it does make you feel guilty that you're not doing I'm Like, should I be doing more? And then I get down on myself even more. I'm like, well, maybe I'm not doing everything that I need to be doing. Right. But yes, I am. And yes. I, yeah. there was one time that my one of my occupational therapists asked me to keep track of what I did in the day because I was telling her how I couldn't do as much as I wanted to. And she looked at the list and she's like, Mandy, you're doing more than I want you to do right now. Like, you need to take <laughs> you're doing more than you sense. probably should have been doing yeah. is what I'm kind of finding. Like, you know. <laughs> I think people can do a little more than maybe I was giving them credit to do because <laughs> guess what? My daughter, she can load the, the washer, the dryer, like my son, he's becoming a pro in many different things in the house. So mm-hmm. my husband has learned that, you know, wow, you probably did more than I thought you did, you know, cause yeah. you don't take a list every day and be like, look what I did. Plus I went to work today. You know, yeah. it doesn't go that way. Yeah. Um, yeah my my kids kind of balked a little bit when their chore list got longer and they're like I don't want to do all this stuff I'm like guess who used to do it all and go to work and make the meals and do this and that I'm like seriously I'm like you can do these things and help me out please (laughs) well and it's not helping you out it's like family pitches in together like I always hate that when somebody what was it oh I think my oldest son was here one time and he said I did your dishes and I said they're not my dishes did you eat here today oh yeah they're your dishes too (laughs) we all have a part in the in the chores whether or not people want to see it or not it could be little it can be big but everybody should be pitching in exactly (laughs) I don't know it's yeah, it's um, tough to to adjust to being able to do like you said to have the big long list, mm-hmm. and mine would be like color coded. I, I don't even know what I was doing. I had the work list, I had the home list, I had the you know all of it, mm-hmm. and somehow it it was just life, and maybe that was what this is trying to. I, always kind of looking at the meaning of this, not that I'll ever know it, but I think I was just letting 
my life was running me. I was not running my life. And I was not, I was not intentional or enjoying mm-hmm. the the things, the little things. And, you know, that's something that I did really take notice in now. Like I noticed the other day, there was a sunset and the moon out at the same time. And I'm like, or sunrise, it was sunrise and moon. And I drove every day and I don't even think I looked up in the, the look at the beautiful sky, you know, so it makes I don't you, know. It makes you appreciate things more, I think. It does. And yeah. those times where I would make excuses where, yeah, I don't feel like going to the gym today because this or whatever, I'm too tired. Well, now it's like, I take full advantage when I feel I'm having a good day because I don't know when that next good day is going to come. Yeah. Lately, I've been having more good days than bad. But it's taken a long time to get there, mm-hmm. you know, and all those times I made excuses of why I couldn't go to the gym or I'm too tired. It's like, uh, you know, what was I doing? Yeah. <laughs> I should have been. Yeah. There's never a time you go or even do a little. I did a Pilates or something the other day with Claire and it really wasn't much, but I felt better. And there's mm-hmm. never a time that you're going to do even a little, even stretching, and you're not going to feel better. Yeah. At least this never happened to me. <laughs> Harder to get there or do anything than yes. it is, you know. Yeah, agreed. My, uh, I set up my podcast station here in my exercise room. So it's, it's always a reminder yeah. to me that I should be doing more. Um, but with my balance off, there's nothing to really hold on to in here. So I've been doing my exercises up in my living room where I can like reach down and put my hand yeah, on the couch sure. if I need to. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a different, <clears throat> different area. So it feels different when I do it, but yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Just trying to take those days where you feel good. You want to do something. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that that will stay that I'll, <laughs> we're going to get in the best shape of it. our lives because I don't even know how many years it was when we did beach body, but yes. man, I was like, <laughs> I was in good shape. I'm going to yep. get back there. I know yep. it. I still do the workouts, but I, I haven't completed the workout in a long time. And I can't do the major ones that I used to. Oh my gosh. No, heck no. Um, Insanity I, with, yep. Jack, who was it? Sean. Oh, Sean T. T. That was your, my, yeah, he's, he's your man. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> your second man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, someday I'll get back to his workouts. Cause those were, yes. those were the best. He just motivated me. Like I, I needed it. Um, and I, oh. I miss that right now too, but um, kind of a big thing I wanted to talk about today that we've been talking a lot about that have, haven't really covered on the show as much as the social component of it, having difficulty in social situations. And we kind of talked about it a little bit before I hit record on here. Uh, but it's, and we just got through the holidays. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Mm. yes. Those lovely holidays. Yeah. So, um, I think I was telling you that at, at Thanksgiving, I opted not to go to my big family gathering because it was going to be too much. The the last family gathering I had gone to before that was back in September. And it was warm enough that if I needed space from people, I could go outside and be outside. And I did most of most of the time was spent outside. I, I remember felt, that. I felt mm-hmm. guilty for not being inside with my family, but there's no way that we could have stayed and my kids could have played with their cousins as long as they did if I had been inside. So I opted to avoid it at Thanksgiving time because it was not going to be warm enough to go outside 
Mm. Um, it was going to be at one of my other sister's houses, which was a smaller location. And I knew it was going to be louder and less tolerable for me. Isn't that funny? You never would have thought of like, how many people are going to be there? What is the acoustics going to be in this place? Is it going to be in a garage? Is there going to be lots of loud screaming kids? Like I love kids Yeah. right now. I loud screaming kids. Nope. Can't handle you. Yeah. I mean, the list goes on, you know, like what is the, what is the time where most people will be there? What if I came a little later, (laughs) see if I could just catch some of it. So I'm there, I'm participating. Yeah. You know, I mean, Thanksgiving, well, let me back up. October was September, October. My hearing and everything got really, really sensitive. Mm -hmm. Um, Even a little bit before that, but I don't think I really noticed it because I wasn't having like big get togethers or anything, but my son turned 14 and he wanted to have a friend party which I said just a few and then our just small family. We don't have a huge, huge family, but I don't have a huge house. And I remember he said to me, mom, can we do presents first? And normally I'd be like, those are last, but this year, yes, you can do presents first because I knew unfortunately that I wasn't going to be able to tolerate being up with, and it was at my house. Yeah. You know, it was awful. And I was so glad that I did that because I got to see him open the main gift that he wanted. And after that, he was fine, you know. And I remember shortly after I excused myself, I went to my room and there were several people. My mom brought me cake into my bedroom, I remember, (laughs) and I was bawling. I'm like, this is just awful. And she left. My dad left. They hugged me in my bedroom, like, goodbye. I was like, this is just awful. What what happened to these fun gatherings that, you know? And then, I, of course, you think back to pre, pre-concussion, TBI, whatever. They, they're all the same. Yeah. In June, the month before my accident, I had had a huge graduation party for my son here. There was hundreds of people in and out. You know, it was in mostly outside, but it was in the garage and people were in the house and all the preparations. So you think about that and you're like, there is a big change here and how this gathering is going compared to that one. Granted, there was more people, but same kind of thing. And I hadn't hardly done any of the food. My mother-in-law did the food, did everything, essentially. All I had to do was show up. Mm -hmm. And then... um, See, I lose my train of thought, Mandy, sometimes. What was the other one? Oh, Thanksgiving. Um, my husband has a very large family. And I, unfortunately, on Thanksgiving, woke up with a huge headache. That Thanksgiving started at noon. They left at noon. My husband ended up doing the squash that I was supposed to bring because I didn't get up out of bed. Was I couldn't even open my eyeballs. So noon came. 2.30 came, he brought me home a plate of food. And then I was like, you have to get up. You have to like do this. And so did all the things. I don't even think I, I don't remember even really doing much of anything other than water and pills. And I don't even think I wore makeup or nothing for me to leave the house without that stuff is major. 
So I went over there at four o'clock. I think about was when I got there four hours late, which was actually good because a lot of those people mm-hmm. had left, especially mm-hmm. the ones young screaming children. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I ended up doing a little bit. We played some cards in the garage, not for too long, but it was fun. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I over overcommitted as usual. My friend was having a Friendsgiving at her house. That was supposed to be smaller, but it was bad. There was somebody that was a little bit louder and he's just a loud person in general, not his fault. Nice guy, but he started getting loud. And then my balance started getting off. The headache came back. I essentially had to leave. So that was Thanksgiving. Christmas was better, but things are, you know, slowly improving for me. But social, social gatherings, they're just not, I hope, I hope they go back to what they used to be. Honestly, I miss, I miss it. I miss not really thinking about it. Yeah. Yep. I always used to be a social butterfly. I loved Mm -hmm. the big gatherings. Um, I always loved having people over. I'm a youngest of five kids. So we have a big family anyway. Yep. So there's not, there's not such a thing as a small family gathering. No, can't really get out of it. I love getting my kids around, around cousins because I grew up around all of my cousins and it was so much fun to have all of that. And to go from, from that to not even wanting to be at events Um, this summer, my middle child had a swim team picnic and I didn't even want to be there. So we set our, our chairs up like away from everybody else because there was just too many people, too much conversation. I, I didn't really even want to talk to people. It was giving me anxiety being there. And I, I've never gotten anxiety in social situations like that. No. And, uh, well, and you can't like if there's too many people talking, I don't know how it is for you, but it's, this is still pretty prevalent for me because it was new year's Eve and I just went to the neighbors, uh, had a little smaller gathering and, but it was in the garage. So the acoustics were louder and the Packers and the Vikings were playing. I was telling you this earlier, Packers and the Vikings were playing and there was a game you put in $2 and you draw a card. Well, the person that was handing the cards out was explaining the game but it was so loud. It's like, you can't even, I couldn't even track what's going on. And I asked her again, cause I'm like, this can't be that hard, Susie. Like, come on, just ask her again. And then you can like start the wheels turning. And I heard that's all I heard. So I was like, okay, but I wanted to know how to play the game, but I also didn't want people to think I was dumb. So then my 14 year old, he catches on to these things after how many months. And so he's quietly trying to whisper in my ear how to play. And I looked at him and I said, Carter, I don't understand. I'm sorry. Let's just forget it. And then my, my son's girlfriend is like, well, it's like this. And then pretty soon it's Carter and, and Owen, oh, my son and his girlfriend. And we're all in this corner. Well, the lady that was trying to explain the game to me in the first place is sitting next to me. I'm like, you guys, I said, I don't care how to play it. Just let me know if I win. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. oh. But it even I noticed like my neural psych testing that I did, there's a part, the last part is on the computer and it's attention and focus and you have to hit the space bar. Well, you probably know what I'm talking about. You mm-hmm. hit the space bar for everything but the X. Yeah. <laughs> well, this really nice, la- nice lady that was doing the testing, 
she was, of course, scoring, moving papers, tap, you know, doing her typing on her computer. Then I think she went over and was checking her email. That was like, it took away all my focus. Just that background, that one person even. And if there's more than one person at a table and they're having a conversation, you know, and then there's these people having a conversation and then somebody's trying to have a conversation with me, you might as well not bother because I will put on like, yay, but I really don't know what you're saying. And then I feel bad because I don't want them to think I don't care because I do. Yeah. But you can't focus on it. And no, it's the exact same for me. So if, if there are multiple conversations going on, I can't track any of them. Mm -hmm. And if somebody's trying to have a conversation with me with all that, I still struggle having that conversation. I will do better if I have my noise canceling earbuds in. Oh, those are. And then if I, as long as I'm facing the person I'm talking to. Yeah. If I look away, mm -mm, no concentration is done. It's like, yeah. it's like you, like a sm- cloud of smoke is going by and you just cut it. There's just, yeah. there's no connection there anymore. Um, I've had the same thing with games, trying to have people describe the game to me and it's mm-hmm. games I've played before. So yep. this summer um, at, we went down to the lake with our friends a couple of times and tried playing cards and same card game I've played with them multiple times. And I couldn't remember how to play it. And they were trying to describe it to me. And I'm like, never mind, just tell me as we go, because I can't understand the rules right now. And even um, yesterday we had my family Christmas gathering um, got delayed a little bit because people were sick. We missed a few more people yesterday. And I'm kind of glad for that because there would have been more <laughs> people in that room. Um, yeah. But I had to go sit on the chair for a while and like take a little nap while I was, while I was there in the room with them. Uh, one of my sisters asked me if I'd be willing to host Christmas. And I said, no, I can't because I need to no. be able to leave. If I get overwhelmed, I can't, I can't yeah. host. I can't be the one that can't leave right now. Yep. Yeah. Um, And it's, it's so difficult trying to save face and make yourself look like you understand what's going on when you don't, because I know I get that deer in the headlight headlights with. And then when, when I get overwhelmed, overstimulated, that's when the balance problems come in. That's when the headache kicks in and my husband can now see it. Uh, It took him a while to to be able to identify it, but he can identify when I've hit my wall before I identify it because he sees the change in me before I even realize. Before you probably even know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't typically catch on until the headache kicks in. Have you been um, shopping at all? Like, I, I used to really like to shop and I, I honestly, I remember going school shopping with my mom for the kids and it was so much like the lights, you know, you do not realize how bright and I don't know why they have to have them so bright and the music Mm -hmm. in the stores, it like is so loud and pronounced. And I don't think I ever even really paid attention to that stuff before. Mm-hmm. And then this, um, oh, it was in November-ish, I was with my mother-in-law and even if I take a list and I have like, okay, I'm here for this, 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 and this, it's like, I'm a deer in headlights. I get so overwhelmed and so overstimulated. And then the people mm-hmm. they're walking, right? Walmart, they're busy. That makes me dizzy. Mm-hmm. And Christmas was like, 
I don't think I'm doing this. Like, what is the point of this? So I became a very good online shopper this year. Yep. And, but I remember like back to when I was with my mother-in-law, we were shopping and she said to me, cause I must've just like aim aimlessly been wandering or something. And she said, you know, those, those signs above the aisles, they tell you what's in each aisle. And I looked at her and it was like, I know that like <laughs> how many, how many times, have, but it was like light bulb. But the funny you say that because I can be looking for something, it will be on that sign, but I don't recognize the fact that it's on that sign. I was looking, well, she was quizzing me, you know, like on my little list, she's like, okay, you came here for four things. What's the last thing on your list? And I'm like, look, I'm like, I don't know. So I get my list out, it's toilet paper. I'm walking back and forth. And at this point she's coaching me to like, look up at this, you know, the signs. Okay. And I'm like, Julie, I, Julie, I cannot find that. I don't. I can't find toilet paper anywhere. And she brings me over and she goes like this. You know why I didn't connect it? Bath tissue. Yep. Bath tissue I did not compute was the same thing as toilet paper. Yep. And I have a four-year Bachelor of Science in Nursing. I'm the director of nursing. I manage 45-some people and run an entire department. Previous to my accident, I had zero deficiencies from the Minnesota Department of Health, and I can't connect what toilet paper and bath tissue, like I was, that was a day, like, I think I just went home and was like, I'm done. I give up. This, this is, and that wasn't, honestly, that was probably October, November-ish sometime. And I, I mean, there's still some things where you do something and you're like, that's my TBI brain. Like that would not be something I normally would do, you know? And I offended the coffee guy this last week because he had pink hair. And I, the only thing I saw was the pink hair. And I said, hi lady. It wasn't like I was trying to be rude. It was just the first thing I saw. First thing I said. And then I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so used to seeing, you know, the other girls that work here. And I didn't even like look at his face. I just saw the pink hair. Like that's my attention. I insult people. And he did not seem to really take my apologies lightly. <laughs> so. Yeah. I feel like I'm having to apologize a lot more than I mm -hmm. used to. Um, even yeah. my kids notice that I'm not, I'm not quite the person that I was before. There's yep. a lot of changes that happen in your brain with a TBI that you can't quite explain, can't quite understand it's hard for us to describe it. Um, and then when we get put in a stressful situation, it's even harder to describe it. Yeah. Uh, and even with, I think before we hit point, I was saying too, that I've, I've got a master's degree, a post-master's degree, and I still can't identify letters when I have to read them out loud on my OT chart behind me. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's a struggle every day. Um, but I think, again, we just need to re compare ourselves to what we were after the accident, not before, mm -hmm. so that we can identify those, those areas that we're getting better in. Some mm -hmm. of these things are going to take a long time to recover. And that's the part that I absolutely hate. Everybody keeps telling no. me, just give it time, give it time. Um, yeah. yeah. In the grand scheme of things, this is a short period of time, but in, in the current right now, it feels like forever. 
It does. And it's like, it's not our time, unfortunately, is what I keep trying to tell myself. This is not my time. Like, what is it? Brain? No, that's the stroke one. But isn't there one about healing with brain? I mean, we always said time is brain. Time is brain. Yes. Time is brain. Well, that is for strokes, but it should be the same thing for this too. It's like time is brain. It's the same thing. Getting those connections there again. And I, I don't know. Uh, what to say for either one of us on this social stuff. Cause I'm hoping that it'll get better. Uh, my, yeah. my OT kept telling me that a lot of it was um, just the brain trying to heal and being overstimulated. And when the brain takes in too much, it's got to shut down somewhere. And that's where our symptoms come back into play. Mm-hmm. And mine, it actually turns into like tunnel vision. So I can't even see that everything that's happening around me when, when that happens. Um, but it's, it's very real in, I'm so glad that, that we could get together and talk about this today. Um, yes. Sure we, we still have going. to plan yeah. our, we still have to plan our lunch date too. <laughs> yes. Yes. We're three hours away, but we will make it happen. Yes. Yes, we will. I, I have a, a driver that likes, he likes driving. So we just need to find the time. See? We, we will get down there. So yeah. Um, I uh, want to be responsible for both of us. I know you have an appointment coming up that you need to, yep. to be ready for here. Um, any last things that you want to share or, uh, last thoughts that you want, want to go, you know, I just think it's really good what you're doing, um, with everything that you're processing. I honestly, I'm there with you and I could not imagine doing a podcast. So (laughs) even you're the, you're going to be back because even after you are fighting basically for your life, your existence. And at the same time, Mandy, you are still trying to help other people. That's how I know, like <laughs> you're coming back. I know it. I don't, we're not going to cry though either. Cause that, nope. that can't happen either, but nope. no, I know it because honestly, like you're, you're getting stronger. You wouldn't have been able to do a podcast how long ago. So yeah, no, I just started this within the last couple of months again. And yeah, absolutely. I would never have been able to, um, so there's, there's improvement. It's just hard yeah. to see sometimes, but we will both yep. get back to what we're supposed to be doing. I know. I know. Well, thanks for being <laughs> there for me all these months. I, I don't know what I do without you. <laughs> nope, I'm not going anywhere. So you're stuck with me now, girly. All right. <laughs> well, we thanks. will talk to you later, Mandy. Sounds good. Thank all you right. so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Brain Wellness, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to subscribe, like, and share this with others to help me continue on with my mission to help people live healthier, happier lives. Go to www.brainwellnesssolutions.com to see what I'm up to and get links to all the social medias there. See you next time.